English говорить, если нормально. Я не знаю, если кому-то нужен перевод, я не предупредил заранее, но маленькое отступление такое. Я вот, когда во время прославления мысль такая у меня была, что когда я там молился сзади, ходил, и мне Господь говорит, что мы начинаем, мы сейчас находимся в процессе созревания. То есть, ну, не просто созревание, а вот мы именно maturing, да? We're going through that process of becoming mature. И я думал, вот про Петра, как написано, да, то, что Иисус это сказал, кажется, что придет время, когда поведут тебя, куда ты не хочешь идти, и, и было время, когда ты был как ребенок, да, ты когда хочешь, туда ходишь, и что хочешь, то и делаешь. Потом приходит время, когда тебя ведут, куда ты не хочешь идти. Но ты хочешь идти туда, куда ты не хочешь идти, это странно. И к чему я это говорю? Я вот смотрел, вспоминал нашего маленького Деньку, да, и он ходит, куда хочет, ну, практически, куда может хотеть, туда и ходит. И я не знаю, если бы, наверное, вот мы с Мариной бы не защищали его, ему было бы очень больно и очень неприятно. Ну и к тому же еще, что он кушает тоже. Это всякие пюре и смеси. I can't even smell that. So, поэтому лучше все-таки быть взрослым. Anyway, вот я... Uh, so I'm going to switch. So I was, I was asking God what, what he wants me to say. So if I, I kind of had this assumption that if Dima asked me to preach and, and I knew that he will ask me to preach and I knew that I need to say yes, then there's a the reason why I need to be here and there's something that God will want to say, right? And this... The, the word that I received, is, it seems like it doesn't align. Like it's like it's out of, out of alignment with what we're talking about. But today, when Dima was talking about us going and doing, and actually working, working, doing God, doing God, whatever God called us to do, I realized that it actually makes perfect sense because this is a prerequisite. I think it's one of the prerequisites. And the, I, I, the name that I got, was humility and glory for, for the word today. Humility and glory. It's two very contrasting things, but, but I feel like if we don't learn this, at least in my personal experience, if I realize that until I learn this and start practicing and, and following this and, and, and sticking to this, then every single time it would, it would, you know, I would end up on my, I would just end up face down because devil was right there Trying to, trying to get me to get glory for myself. So, so let's let's pray because if 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 there is no God here and if I'm not saying what God wants me to say, there is nothing for you to hear. So let's just let's just bow down and pray. God, Lord, we ask you for your presence here, God, so that our hearts are open to hear what you have to say, Lord, and so that I say exactly what you wanted me to say, Lord, so that I don't sway to my own, God, so I don't say my own words, my own thoughts, my own examples, God, but so that everything that I do here just glorifies you, God, and that, that I can be as clear of a vessel as possible so that I don't add any taste to it, so I don't add any, any color to it, God, but so that it would be crystal, crystal pure, your word, God, your, whatever you had, the, the message that you had for today, God. We believe, Lord, and we accept from you today, and we open up our hearts, our ears, and our, 
our eyes, God, our spiritual eyes, we open it up to receive from you, God. We ask you, please be here, please be with us, and we already thank you in advance. Thank you for your mercy and your, and your grace, God. Thank you so much. Amen. So, short disclaimer. I, wanna, I just want to step back so that I'm free to speak. I want to say something. Everything that I'm saying, it applies to you exactly the same way it applies to me. So if I say you, I mean both of us, okay? If I say me, I probably mean you too. <laughs> so, so I'm talking about myself just as much as I do about you. So let's just get that out of the way. Everything I'm talking about is applying to both of us. And then one more. If you are sitting and thinking, how did he figure, how did he know this about me, and how did, why is he targeting me specifically today, then just know that I'm not, okay? I don't know anything about you, and even if I would, I would not be targeting any of you. I wouldn't do any of that. It's not, it's not, I don't have the energy for that, honestly. And then, um, that's, well, that's pretty much it, so... So let's just, let's just get into it. So humility and glory. Another thing that I want to say before we get into it is humility, when you start, I know that when we start to think of humility, we start sometimes, or some people, or some mindsets, that, I mean, it, or in some situations, we start thinking that humility is, is equal humiliation. <laughs> so it's not. We, when we humiliate ourselves, it, it doesn't mean that we humble ourselves. All right? So... But, but humility, sometimes humiliation is right there with humility. So, so there are situations, like in David, David's case, right? When he was humbling himself, there was some humiliation. We're reading today from Second Chronicles, right? The king was, they were humbling, but still, God did not, God did not tell Shishak to just step back and not touch them right away, right? So... That's something that we also need to keep in mind through all of this. And humiliation doesn't bring glory to God, too. <laughs> so anyway, um, so from exactly just from what we were reading today, Second Chronicles 12, 7, 8, it came to me that, that there is something exclusive about, that, about humility and glory. There is, we are either going to serve God, and we're either going to humble ourselves to God and follow God and live by His laws, or we will, no matter what we do, even if we will think that we're free or, you know, like how some groups think they're atheists, they don't believe in anything, but they do believe that they don't believe in anything. So they believe that something and that nothing exists. And it just, we will always, we will always be with one or the other. There is, it's black or white. There is nothing in between. There is no pink and there is no blue and nor tortoise, and that's all the colors I know. Um, so, Second Chronicles 12, 7, 8. When the Lord saw that, that they humbled themselves, the word of the Lord came to Shemaiah. Since they have humbled themselves, I will not destroy them, but will soon give them deliverance. My wrath will not be poured out on, out on Jerusalem through Shishak. They will, however, be, become subject to him so that they may learn the difference between serving me and serving the kings of other lands. So that's, where I, that's, that's what kind of clearly cuts the line, that they will know the difference between serving me and serving the kings of other lands. So 
kind of like a confirmation, right? So we either serve God or kings of other lands. And that could be, that could be anything. You can name that. It could, be, it could be busy all the time. It could be finances. It could be lost. It could be sins. It could be anything else. It could be our jobs, careers, anything. It could even be ministry. But so there is, there is something in, in us. I mean, we, there's something that we need to understand that there is, there is this, there's just like a switch. It's either off or on. We serve God or we serve somebody else. We don't serve God. It, it's not, there's no such thing as not serving God. Okay. So next thing. God is omnipresent, right? We know that, and, and, and we hear that all the time, and I was like, that sounds good, but I want to know what the Bible says. <laughs> and here it is, uh, Jeremiah twenty three twenty four. Who can hide in secret places so that I cannot see them, declares the Lord. Do not, do not I fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord. So God is in, in all things, right? He's everywhere. And I'm, I'm going to just bear with me. I'm, gonna, I'm leading to something. He's everywhere, and he's, he's filling heaven and earth. Next, uh, Colossians uh, 1.17. He's before all things, and in him all things hold together. So we can say that, you know, from this we understand that you know, we can make an assumption that everything good holds through God or, or the, the godly things hold through God and, and things like this. But, you know, some people will say, oh, but the evil things are people that sin or devil or, you know, all those other things and bad things that happen to us. It's not from God or it's not held by God or it's not orchestrated by God. It's just, it's just there because, you know, it kind of maybe slips out of God's control or something. So... Let's see what other verses say. Proverbs 15:3. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch on the wicked and the good. So that already tells us that God is not only concerned with the deeds of the good man, but also with evil and sinners and wicked and everything else, right? Then Matthew 5:44:45. Second part of the verse. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends, the, sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. So, through these verses, it, 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 to me, it's clear that God is really everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. Right? There are verses that I, I can't remember where it is, but it says that we can't hide anywhere from God, even if like David was saying, even if he goes down to Sheol, into, into hell, then God will find him even there. So, so God is everywhere. So once, so another thing that, that I, I take from that is that God, his authority is, he has overall authority. And the only reason anyone rules on this earth is because God, God gave them power and authority. And again, John 10 8 through 11. It's when, when Jesus was arrested and they took him to Pilate. Pilate had all the authority, as he thought, right? He had all the authority to do whatever he pleased with Jesus. That was what he was thinking, and you know, that, that's in his words. 
So, verse 8. When Pilate heard this, he was even more afraid. And he went back inside the palace. Where do you come from? He asked Jesus. But Jesus gave him no answer. Do you refuse to speak to me? Pilate said. Don't you realize I have power either to free you or to crucify you? And here's what Jesus is saying. Jesus answered, You would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. So Jesus said, You would have no power over me if it had not been given to you from above. So from God, right? Romans 13.1. We can't avoid using Romans. because <laughs> This is our third year that we're studying Romans in our group, right? Third or fourth? I don't know. I think it's third. Um, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Another thing, I'm just, I was just thinking recently that, you know, we, we, we feel like we have authority sometimes, especially when it comes to think about our plans, right? We feel like we have authority to, 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 you know, to go to study for this or to go to college or not to go to college or to go to mission trips or not to go to, to mission trips. And I don't know. I, the further, the more I'm looking for God, the more I'm trying to find his will, the more I'm trying to, you know, kind of, you know, find the nice and soft and, 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 and squishy God that, you know, will make me feel comfortable every time that I'm talking to him. And, you know, it's like when he reveals his will, then it's all this comfy and cozy and I feel so good. It's like, by, you know, sitting by a fireplace and drinking some hot cocoa or something like that. It, I don't know. I don't get anything like that every single time I pray, every single time I'm looking for God's for God's word, for God's word, for his purpose in my life. I don't find that. I find that it's this God that really puts everybody where he wants to put them. And, and, and it, it, it extends far beyond what we think. I mean, it, it's beyond the president. It's all this, this, the moon and the sun. All of them are in their positions because God had told them to. That's it. I mean, he probably even just thought about it. That's why they're there. And... Same with our lives. If, 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 if God really establishes all authority, then, then if he puts us into authority, there's, there's something that we need to do with it. It's not just, I mean, it's not just with no reason. It's not just that we have it just to have it just so we can do everything we want with it. Okay? And so that, that, that kind of takes us to the next point. And it is, what I want to say is that we don't stand any chance of setting up our own government. You know, in our own, it's, it's, we, are, it's a, we have like a small city or a kingdom of our own or a village or whatever you want to call it. And here's how I rule in my life and I'm going to only do what I want to do and I'm going to feel good about it. Um, you know, maybe there, there was a time when we were thinking that way. I don't think that time is here anymore. It's that, that time is going away. And I don't know, I don't know, 
in the beginning, I started feeling scary, and I, I was realizing, I, you definitely see that God is doing something with, with us here. You see that God is doing something with, with America. You see that God is doing something in this world, right? And a few years ago, when we started, talk, we started talking about you know, all the, you know, the tribulations and everything else and all that could come, I got scared. I, I mean, that paralyzed me because I was afraid. But if you look at it, it doesn't, if, as long as we are following God's will, if we are following what God has called us to do, there is nothing to be afraid of. Whatever happens to you probably didn't happen to you, or not probably, for sure did not happen to you by accident. It did not happen to you just because if, now, again, if you are, or if I am doing my own will, then I'm not following God. I'm sinning, right? And I can, I mean, whatever can happen to me. Absolutely. There is no guarantee of anything good. And even if I die, and even if I think I die for God, it's not guaranteed that I really died for God. Because maybe I have, I've been at that place where I didn't need to be. And maybe I didn't keep my mouth shut when I, when I needed to. Or maybe I didn't speak up when I needed to, right? So I just, I feel it very, very clear that we need, sometimes I feel like we feel kings of our own life. And especially as we are growing up, or especially I don't know, as a as a guy, it's 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 pretty easy. Like especially with me, I have a king. I, I mean, I can like think of my family as a kingdom, and there is at least five people in that kingdom, and I'm ruling over them. <laughs> right? It it doesn't always work out that way, but still. <laughs> So it's always like there's the king and then there's somebody who really rules, <laughs> the queen. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But anyway, it's like, you know, I can decide what, what we do. I can decide I can decide how, you know, what we buy or what we don't buy and what we plan and what we don't plan. And I found I was, I was at some point I just stepped back and I was scared of how much influence I have on my family. I can really, I noticed that. If, if it's not, like, clearly unbiblical, there is a lot of influence I have on Marina. <laughs> a lot. I mean, like, I was just shocked. And then she has it on me as well. But, but I was like, I could... So now here I, here I am. I have, you know, I have... I'm, I'm married. I have kids. And, you know, I, can, I have a job. I can decide what I want to do with it now. So I can set up my own kingdom and I can decide that I'm going to be, you know, a little king of a little kingdom. So, it, you know, it makes me a big king kind of, you know. And then you, you go on from there, right? And then you, you buy this, you do that. And, and here's my plan of how things are going to be and what a beautiful life is and what success is. And then what happens is you, you're, you're all of a sudden glorifying yourself. All of a sudden, you're the king in your family, and because, and all of a sudden, you feel like you need to get to get to somebody say that you're good, or somebody to 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 commend you for your decisions, and and then you wonder why, right? And then you wonder why do I have to have approval from from my home group leader, or from Dima, or from pastor, or from from this or from that, or why? In, in, in school or at work, when somebody somebody says that you know that I'm mental or I'm I'm stupid because I believe in the Bible, why do I feel incomplete? Why do I start feeling like like I'm maybe I'm not right or something shifts in you? Because 
something shifted. The focus shifted. Sometimes when the focus shifts, if you, if you know that you have been bringing glory to God by speaking about God, by standing out for God, you would not have a question why. Because you would know that they're in a different kingdom and they're just attacking you. That's all it is. And, and then you won't have any, any problems. You will be happy. Anyway, let me get back to this. I, I feel like a dog off the leash sometimes because I start going off different things. But anyway, so Deuteronomy 28, 58, 63. Who knows what's written in Deuteronomy 28? Yeah, Dima knows. And then Andre knows after Dima said <laughs> But I know just because we were um, in the church I was going to in, in Russia, we were repeating this for three years every single Sunday, the whole chapter. So I almost remember this. But anyway, look at this. Deuteronomy 28, 58, 63. If you do not carefully follow, follow all the words of this law, which are written in this book, and do not revere this glorious and awesome name, the Lord your God, the Lord will send fearful plagues on you and, and your descendants, harsh and prolonged disasters, severe and lingering illnesses. He will bring on you all the diseases of Egypt you dreaded, and they will cling to you. The Lord will also bring on every kind of sickness and disaster not recorded in this book of the law, which is scary, until you are destroyed. You who are as numerous as the stars in the sky will be left but few in number, because you did not obey the Lord your God. Just as it pleased the Lord to make you prosper and increase in number, and this, this really shocked me the first time I read it. I reread it to make sure that it's right, and then reread other people's Bibles to make sure it says the same thing. It says, so it will please him to ruin and destroy you. You will be uprooted from the land you're entering to possess. Verse 61, I want to go back to that. The Lord will also bring on you every kind of sickness and disaster not recorded in this book of the law until you are destroyed. I, looking at U.S., looking at the world, you see a lot of, you know, a lot of people just stepping back, stepping away from God and, and, and not caring, as it said. If you do not carefully follow all the words of this law, you see that happening all over. And we see, you know, sickness after sickness and some infection and another virus. And, 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 and it seems like with, with all the progress we make in medicine and, and it's, you know, they just, it, they just think that they got a handle. You know, they, they kind of started taking control of cancer or HIVs or some, something else comes up. And it's just... It just seems like, you know, it just seems like God's word is coming, coming true, is fulfilling, right? And this, you know, you can look at it two ways, and you know, definitely physical, right? And the other way I'm looking at it is spiritual, because it's, it's not as important what happens to us physically. It's, it's, it's incredibly important what happens to us spiritually. So I think that, that you know, it, you can look at it as spiritual disease, you know, a spirit of, some spirit of deceitfulness where you think and you try to understand the word and you don't. And I really think, like I was, I really believe 
that there is a point in life of every Christian, like when God will start calling you to make new choices, to make to make decisions that you have never made before, to make to do something that maybe a year ago you would tell yourself that you're crazy, right? I know that God will be doing that, and I know that He's He's telling me to do that. And this level of obeying God, this level of what it, or the definition of what it means to obey God will change. It will expand. And I believe, I really believe, just, just as it said here, because you did not obey the Lord your God. I think that God is much more interested in our, in our spiritual health and physical health. I know that he cares about, us physic, you know, about our physical, physical health as well, but spiritual is much more important to him. And I think so. I think that once God tells us to make new choices, He puts us at a fork, and He, you know, you know, you need to go right. But you know, like it, you're driving somewhere, you're late, and you know you can't make any mistakes. And the GPS tells you, go to at the fork, take right, right, in 200 feet, and then it comes to you much, much sooner than that. But still, you will probably be very, very, very stupid if you go left just because you wanted, you felt like it, right? Or because, you know, your hand was here and it was easier to turn left than to turn right because it's turning this way, right? It would be very, very, very not smart. And that's, but that's how it is in our lives sometimes. I feel that's how it is. I feel like we start digging further into God. We start praying. We start saying, God, I will do this. I will sacrifice this. Or God, bring fire on my life and then just you know, purify my life and burn everything that's not from you. Whatever is not pure gold, I want that to be burned. And that, that you know, just a pure gold to remain. And then God says, okay, so tomorrow I'm going to tell you to, you know, to read, to read, um, you know, more than you just read through your Bible plan. And then you're like, oh, that was like, no, that can't be God, <laughs> right? Right? Or, or... Or God will tell you to give more, to, 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 to donate more. Or God will tell you to just get up and, and go and talk to a girl or a boy that sits in school and you can see just, you can see demonic pressure on that person. And you, and you will be, and then, and then at that moment, at those moments, we'll forget. We forget that we promised to God something, right? But, and I don't want to, I don't want this to sound as sharp judgment. It's, it's, not, it's not my purpose, it, but it's just how God is. God is very sharp. He's very definite. He's not, he doesn't have, you know, he doesn't have small footprints. He says everything pure and clear, and you either get it and follow it, or, you know, it's too bad. You know, you, you need to go the other way, especially as I think God will require more from us. And then God tells you to do this. He tells you to, to you know, to humble yourself. And go and do it to bring glory to him. And, you know, you don't, you say, I can't do it. Well, all right. You, it's your will. You have the authority over your, your life. You have the authority over your, your legs and your hands. And you can either go and do it or not go and do it. That's your, that's what you want to do. Because you are the king, really, of your, of, your, of your body. I mean, temporarily at least. Well, it's alive. But, and then you don't obey? Seems like, in the beginning, it seems like nothing happened. You know, it's okay, I didn't obey, and then I kind of felt this, this feeling, it felt bad, and 
didn't go and talk, and then you think, oh, you know what? I, I, you know, I just really feel it in the spirit that it was because I needed to become a true friend to that person and then tell them everything about Jesus. And, and then you start justifying it. And that's already, sometimes it's already an indicator. That's like the first step of spiritual sickness. <laughs> because something is perverted immediately. And you start going some other way. Instead of just admitting right there that you haven't followed God, haven't obeyed Him, you start justifying yourself. What happens? You glorify yourself. You bring glory to yourself. Because you, you would rather stick by your decision, even though it was ungodly, right? You will start, you will start justifying yourself and to, just to bring glory to yourself, to make sure you don't, you, don't, you, know, you, you don't show up like you were wrong and God was right. So, like one of the, you know, some of the examples of that. Another one in this that, that kind of speaks to us not being able or maybe shouldn't, that we shouldn't be building our own kingdom and being our own kings is 1 Samuel 15:23. For rebellion is like sin, is like the sin of divination and arrogance like the evil of idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. That was about Saul, and we know everything that happened to Saul, right? It's in the road that he went after he decided, he decided to bring his own sacrifices. He decided to, to, to do his, to, he defined God's will for himself, like what was right to do at that point. And, and then we know where Saul, Saul went to a seer, right? Sometimes, just a quick Step, to step back quickly, seers sometimes were called, they were prophets, and that was okay. And there were seers that were like magicians, sorcerers, and that's bad. <laughs> Same word, but, you know, it's different. This, this was bad because he went to the seer and she, was, she, called up, uh, she called up the spirit of Samuel for him, right? And look, look what disobedience does, right? It, it was God wanted to establish his kingdom forever. He, that's, this was David number one, right? And, and I'm just thinking, this is it's just so just crazy. If Saul would only think and know that, that, that all he needs to do is, is just kill all of those sheep, right? After all, they were killing so much. There was so much blood. I'm pretty sure he wouldn't care for another 100,000 sheep or however many. I can't remember however many there was. All right, but it's like if you once you're in the zone, you just you just kicking it, <laughs> just go do it all, right? Why not? Why why keep it? Why why come up with with your own definition of God's will, right? And then you know what happens? Then then our life gets so much more complicated than it needs to be. So much more complicated. You God called you. He gave you a challenge. You didn't do it, and then. And then it's like you have repented, have did not repent, just like Saul. He said, "Well, I did it to bring the glory to God by doing the sacrifice. I kept the best for the God, you know, for the Lord and everything else." And then you're in this limbo state. You don't understand whether you've been wrong or you've been right. And next challenge comes. God will give you another chance. And to us, I know, to me, He was given way more than a second chance. So He's God of like you know hundred chances, or I don't know how many, but God. 
has been very, very patient with me and merciful, and with all of us, I'm pretty sure. And then comes the next thing, and because you haven't repented, because you haven't went back and decided, okay, this was bringing glory to me, this was defending myself, you, guess what happens next time? You're, you're, you're still going to be strong in protecting yourself, and you're going to be weak in denying yourself. And you're going to probably going to do the same exact thing unless there's some supernatural grace and mercy in you and you decide to do the right thing. And then and Saul did the same. He failed the, same, he failed the test again, right? And then, and then if Saul would just sit there and decide, okay, I was told that I need to sit and wait for Samuel to come and, 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 and do the sacrifices here, right? And I should not get into it. I should not touch it. And... Even if all the people leave me, that's fine, because even if I'll have to die, I'll die my, by myself, but I have fulfilled God's will, and, you know, very simple, right? Very hard. I didn't say it's easy. <laughs> easy and simple, two different things, almost opposite of each other <laughs> sometimes. So, very simple, very, very difficult, but very simple, right? You, 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 just, need to, you just need to stick to it. And, and, and let whatever happens, happen. Because that's what God told you to do. Okay? And that also answers another question. Why, it's, why so often we don't want to do God's will? Because it's very hard. Often it's very hard. But if you look at it in the spirit, it's actually very easy. Because it's very hard to fix up the consequences you get from following the the, the easy way that it looks in our eyes. It looks easy to us. We follow that. And then in reality, it's so hard and difficult to clean it up. It's just, yeah. It's very easy to take care. I, it's just very easy to take care of things right up front than to have to repair it. And, and like your car, for instance, good example, right? Very easy to change oil every three to 5,000, at least 5,000. And then... You know, you do it for 100,000 miles, it run, runs pretty good. Or you don't do it, and then you just change out the engine with the oil later, right? Way more expensive and way more hassle. You, don't, you have the car down, Jiffy Lube will not do it for you in 10 minutes, <laughs> for sure, no matter how much you pay them. So, very easy. Very easy is not always very easy. So, let's just keep that in mind, too, that whatever God calls us to do, after going to New York, I realized that that all this stuff there, I don't know how about everybody else who, who, who've gone, but for me, almost everything there was was hard, to be honest, except, except you know, taking a shower and going to bed. That was easy. <laughs> and eating. <laughs> that was easy, too. But, but then I look at what sleeping and what taking a shower gave me, Right, just you know, I was clean and and I thought I was resting versus what doing the hard stuff gave me, you know, standing out there cold and doing feel, you know doing God's will, just being there working at God's job site, right there, working on His stuff, you know, gave me some memories that I, I still have that I can't forget that, and I think it's life changing. Really, it's not just New York; it's just, it's doing what God wants you to do. And so, I don't know, so I kind of, easy and hard reversed in my mind. All right. I'm trying to keep sticking to what I wanted to say. 
So another verse that I wanted to talk about that talks about how, how it doesn't work for us, how it doesn't work for us to try to build our own kingdom, our own ways and our own plans. It's Second Thessalonians 1, 8 and 9, first part of the verse. You can read the second one, but you'll kind of go a little, a little bit too far into what I want to talk about. We'll touch that later. So Second Thessalonians 1, 8 and 9. He will punish those who do not know God. Sorry, let me step back. So sometimes we, I kind of brought two examples from the Old Testament, and we think that, oh, God doesn't punish us in the New Testament. It's all fine. So let's make sure that it's not true. Second Thessalonians 1.8. He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. So Jesus was in the New Testament, so that's pretty new. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord. So another thing that that I wanted that, that I, I really I see that often and, and, and I see it in my life and other people's lives that come to talk about, you know, different problems or trying to fight with, with lust or trying to fight with character problems or trying to change something about themselves. And what often happens is is people want to change and they want to get rid of some sin or some addiction or something else so that they feel good before God, right? And that doesn't work this way. So the only way to get free from something is to obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. The only way, our only motivation will be if, if we... If our motivation is to, to, to feel good and, and to feel righteous and to have courage before God, then and we, we, just, we just won't get that because God doesn't work that way. Often when we need to, it says that he will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus, Jesus, of our Lord Jesus, of our Lord Jesus. Next verse says, they will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence. So that's the punishment we get for, for not knowing God, for not obeying, uh, not obeying the gospel, right? And, and what is it? I, I, was, I was thinking, like, if I know God, <laughs> if, if I know God and I know how he is, it probably means, to me, it means knowing God. It means something very intimate. It's not something just know about God, know you know, like, if, if I say that, if I say that, like, I mean, it's just I, just a very easy and good example for me. Like, I know Marina, for instance, right? I know what not to do, for instance, to, you know, to make her unhappy. Or I know what to do to make her happy, right? And she knows me exactly the same way. I, with my kids, I know them. So, so the more I know, or, if, or when I say I know a person... That means that there is, we've spent a lot of time, we, you know, we're not just, it's not like I just know his name and I have no idea what his last name starts with, or I know his number, that's it, that's not it. When you know, you really, when you know a person, especially when you know God, or when you can say that, then you really know what he wants and when, what, what, what he wants you to do, and you'll know what, he, what will make him happy and what will make him upset. So... Very often we, you know, we, we, 
fall into something, into some sin addiction, into some, some trap, and we try to get out of it, and we can't because we, it feels like we're shut out from God's presence. We're just, it seems like nothing works, and it's just, just, it just gets worse. And just because we don't know God sometimes. And, and again, I'm, please don't think that I'm judging. I'm not judging. I'm just, I'm just saying I just know, like, I'm just sharing what I know works, what I've seen worked in my life. And I, I've seen that as soon as I try to know what God wants in a certain area, if I, if I, try, to, if I try to figure out where, how He wants me to praise Him, how He wants me to glorify Him, what, what I need to do with my life, it immediately starts. It, it seems like God, God just kicks it into the gear and He is on your side immediately instead of being opposite. You know, it's, he, Instead of being opposing you, He starts being with you and He's an, he's an ally with you. And, and, and then you just start... You just, it seems like everything just speeds up. As soon as you just try to find what God wanted you to do, or you try to, you, you know, you try to know God, you look to know God, you seek His face, right? You know, immediately something just, it just seems like it, from reverse, it goes into first gear, and, and then it goes, right? So that's, that's, that's one more thing that, that, that I wanted to say. Now, we talked about kind of the bad stuff, or the, the not good things that can happen to us, and I want to talk about you know, something like if you if if you call it that way, like the benefits of humbling yourself to God, the benefits of loving the Lord, of following Him, of of uh, of doing His will. First uh, Samuel fifteen twenty two. Samuel replied, "Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord?" To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heat is better than the fat of rams. It, to me, was, I don't know, I was thinking about this. Sacrifices were made to atone sin, right? To, 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 to make us right before God again. To make us, to make us acceptable to God. To, to, rid of us, to rid us of sin, or to rid them of sin, because they were living in that time, right? So it was... So sacrifices were taking care of the sin. They were covering the sin. They were just they're washing it away and making you making you right before God again. And and Samuel says, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heat is better than the fat of rams. And we know a lot about fat and how it was you know smelling good when burned, and it does smell good, right? So it was, but it was like he's saying that obeying is better than sacrifices which is already which is already mind blowing because it's it's even better than than making yourself right with God it's something different it it to me it seems like you know you can make yourself right with God or 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 by obeying you can stay right with God you know you don't have to just go and and bring the sacrifice of repentance, even though we need to repent all the time because we do fall. No matter how much we try, we will, we will make, make it wrong somewhere. We'll make the wrong turn. We will take left somewhere. It, it just happens to us. But it just seems like obeying is, is, is staying right with God. It, it's without going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, right? And then it says, to heed, to heed is better than the fat of rams. So, then it's like a cherry on top, like, right? There's great ice cream, and then there's a cherry on top, which I love the cherry. <laughs> so it seems like, it seems like to to heat. I don't know if you, like, 
I looked up some definitions of that word. It seems like to give way to God, you know, or to just to just let him let him drive, you know, all, like like opening the door for him so that he can get into the driver's seat and giving him the keys and you know taking it off the parking brake and so that he and then you know then he goes, you know. That's what I think about it. And and then it says better than the fat of rams. And so that it's like so God says it's like it's you know three cherries on top. It's just like. I love it. That's what, that's what, I think that's how God is treating obedience and how he's treating when we, in our spirit, in our hearts, when we truly give way to God. And again, I'm not saying giving way to God, sitting down and saying, God, you rule, you do whatever you want to do, and I'm not going to take a nap. That's not how it works. You, you tell him, you know, I didn't say that you give him the keys, he goes, and you're that horse, you know, that pulls the vehicle. <laughs> that's how it is oftentimes. But that's what we need to get ready for. I, I really I really see that. I I don't know. I I I again my kids, it's like we do horsey rides, right? And 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 they are on top, they are loving it, and my knees are hurting and I'm like, when is it gonna end? <laughs> you know? Especially if you go to the you know edges of the carpet where all the nails are. <laughs> Very painful. But you know, Ariana on top, she doesn't feel any of that. It's like, all right, sounds good. <laughs> so, but anyway, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just feeling like I, I just feel to say this, and I feel like God is saying this that, that that laziness or lousiness or, or or taking taking years to take care of, to give up, to to you know to come down before God. This is not the time. This is, it's, everything's too fast, and sin is expanding way too fast. Devil is acting massively, so it's just not the time. And, and don't get, don't get paranoid in, in thinking that if, if I'm going to sleep six hours a day now, then that's it, devil never sleeps, and he's going to, you know, wipe me out, and, you know, I, that's it, we're doomed. No, but it's just that you know when you, you know, when you sit and watch TV maybe for three hours, and I'm... And I'm talking to all of us. I'm not accusing anybody, not judging anybody. Or, you know, you, I don't know, shop around for five hours. <laughs> that cut deep. <laughs> no, just kidding. But if you do something that you know God is telling you, God is, God is telling you. Or, you, or you spend hours talking with some friends that, that you know, you, it, it feels like you're on their side of the court and they're ruling it and, and they are doing whatever they want. And you're just following, and they put they put dirt into your ears and into your heart, and you just keep staying there. I think this is not the time to be doing that. I mean, it's not the time to be polite, because it, it's just not the time to be polite. Because polite leads to hell usually. It's not. It doesn't. You know. It's. It has nothing to do with being righteous. It, no, I'm. I, I mean. Being nice is, is one thing, but being polite, it just seems like polite, polit, you know, being politically correct always keeps us, it doesn't keep Muslims from saying what, what they, what, what they want to say, from atheists saying what they want to say, from gays and lesbians saying what they want to say, but, it, that, that, but being politically correct means Christians shutting up. That's what it means right now, so don't get involved into that thing. Anyway, so let's go back to this. John six sixty three. The spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, 
they are the, they are full of the spirit and life just think about it for a second right the spirit gives life the flesh counts for nothing the words i have spoken to you they are full of the spirit and life and again it's this it like humility and, and glory right if 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 you're looking to give glory to god then you will have to humble your flesh doesn't work any any other way and then if you if you don't humble your flesh if you don't humble to god then you're just going to be glorifying flesh and it's not going to make it worse to god it's only going to make it worse to you and to me that's that's all that it is the words i have spoken to you they are full of the spirit and life again the same words and which words jesus was saying jesus again i'm 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 going through like you know you want to do a like 10,000 feet foot view of what jesus was saying it seems like he was always talking come on let's go we need to preach there come on let's go we need to preach there we need to need to speak to these we need to do this we need to do that and it, and then he was like all right i don't have enough hands i'm going to you know send them out send the 12 out okay that's not enough going to send out the 70 or 72 out right 72 i'm going to send them out and then it's like come on let's just like it's like you know it's like <laughs> there's some serious business to take care of so we need to be working and then look at look what it says the words i have spoken to you they're full of the spirit and life you know what i i noticed as soon as i start focusing on 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 things or i start focusing on on um on comfort or on my flesh that counts for nothing as the bible says you i i feel like i don't have life anymore you know there's or or this life in me it fades away and then and then when, like again when we were in new york you look at people you look like like pastor bill sits in i mean i was thinking he would at least have an office right he shares an office with three people and the only thing that separates him and those people is uh, is a bookshelf <laughs> that's it and they don't live in nice apartments they don't live in great neighborhoods they don't drive nice cars it, and and all of them are happy right all of them are they don't make a lot of money all of them are happy they work crazy shifts they don't do like they don't make you know you know 50% you know 150% rate they don't get that for doing over over time they just don't get it they don't even get that for working overnight <laughs> and they're all happy and look at that the words i have spoken to you they are full of the spirit and life so they are doing i mean i saw them doing what jesus was speaking about what jesus was talking about what jesus was all about they were talking about and and the, this, these words come came true they were i mean you see them that they're they were they had you know they're full of spirit they like just like these words because they accepted the word and that makes them full of spirit and life as well that's the words of jesus next one Isaiah 57:15 And and I love this one a lot. And but this one it it's there it seems like there's a lot of benefit from this, but in order to get this verse to come true upon you, you have to be doeth all the words of this book of law, all right? You really like you really it's not that easy. It's it seems easy, but it's not. So Isaiah 57:15 
For this is what the high and exalted one says, He who lives forever, whose name is holy. I live in a high and holy place, but also with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. To be honest, every single time I, I read this, it just blows my mind. Every single time, I, I just love this verse so much because it talks about humbling yourself to God and to, to make Him enjoy you. And, and it ta- also talks about you enjoying God. It's just like, it's such a strong link. It just seems like, you know, you can't break that. It, it, I don't know, it just seems so, so strong. And it's, it's two ways. It's not, a, it's not one way. So look, I just want to focus on this second, second part. So I live in a high and holy place. So that's the God that has all authority. He knows, you know, he, everything is subdued to him. He is the king of the universe. He is the king of kings. There's nobody above him. Absolutely nobody. And then he says, so I'm this king pretty much, right? He says, I am the king that rules, you know, all over all the universe, over everything that existed, exists, or will exist. And then he says, and I live with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit. So that same God that same God also lives with me. I'm, if I'm at home, then He's with me. And if I'm at work, then He's there with me. If I go and if, if I go and, and, and preach His word, preach the gospel, then He's there with me. If 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 some sickness comes to me, He's with me. He's going to be there with me, not leave me. If I'm in need, He's there. If I'm happy, He's there. He's always there. It's a, it's a it's really really cool. But. It says, with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite, right? So, humble, right? We have, we humble ourselves. We have, we we look for humility. We look for, for becoming lowly in spirit, so lowly before God, so that God, so that there is really not, not, you know, like like our camp was called, less of me, more of him, right? That's the direction we're going. That's the directions. And the ultimate goal is to get to, to all of him and none of us because that's what we really are striving for. That's the direction we're going to. And God, and then, you know, I was thinking, I was thinking, I was remembering people in New York again. Very happy, no matter what happens to them. There is one guy who's going through diabetes and he has all of the toes on his feet amputated. He doesn't have them. And he's still happy. He's still very happy. And, and then Bill Wilson that, that, you know, that was shot in the mouth, mouth twice and, and then recovered in three days. And then he was like, I need to get on a plane to go and preach to these guys and, you know, to go get, you know, get, get more money for this ministry, right? That's, that's how he was. And then you think, and you think how come they recover from something like that so quick. And then somebody tells us, you know, you should, you know, you should, you know, I didn't shave today or, you know, I, I don't like the color of your eyes. You know, and then we go walking like we feel, we feel so, we feel doomed. We just feel like, you know, we can't do anything anymore and our, you know, 
that we, you know, we don't have, don't have enough strength to raise our hands or do anything, right? Or somebody comes to us and says, I, I really feel like you shouldn't be doing this thing. You should, you should change. You should just change. And then that just, that just brings us down. And that's it. That was like the end of our day, and we need to sleep to even be able to get up and eat, right? Why? Because sometimes, and I, I know it, I know it by my own life, that sometimes we are not, we're not lowly in spirit. Sometimes we're not, like, humbling to God. Because I noticed that every single time I felt, like, I felt, felt somebody offended me or somebody insulted me or somebody told me something, and then I go, then you go to God, and then you start really figuring out what's going on, and then you're like, okay, God, yeah, like, I understand that no matter what they said to me, it doesn't matter because you love me, and, and probably they love me too, and they said it because they love me, and then it's not the end of the world, and I'm still saved, and everything's great. And then you understand that you were thinking too much of yourself again. As soon as you tell that to God, you repent of that, and then you low, bring yourself low before God. You humble. He's right there. He will, the, your heart alive again. Immediately, you rebuild. Like Jesus said, you can destroy this temple and I'll rebuild it in three days, right? They destroyed Jesus, they thought. They thought that that was it. Because he died as a sinner. He was down there on the cross. Nobody saved him. God, God left him. And he went to hell and then everything else. And then he came back as a king. And he, he, he derived all the authority from God. God gave him all the authority. Right? And then that's the same power. The same power that did that to Jesus in three days, recovered from this, from something that, I mean, I would probably just, the thought of that sometimes kills us. And, and that happened to Jesus. Everything, all of that happened. And, and God rebuilt him in three days. He was back up and running and with greater power. He was in different quality, completely something somewhere where a devil could no longer take him down from anymore. And I think that that's what will also be happening in our lives. I really, I really believe that we'll, we need to stand on this word because as we go, I, I'm just 100% sure. I'm sorry for being so pessimistic, but I think that's biblical. This one is biblical because I think that as soon as we, as soon as we move a foot to do something for God's glory— something to do something good to do for him devil will be just with all of his army trying trying to bring us down uh, that just like i don't know that probably starts if you decide i'm gonna go tell that person about god he's right there and you can immediately know that he's against you because you feel terrified then you feel shy and then you know, you're never shy you just talk to everybody but then you out of a sudden you feel shy and you feel like oh i cannot talk to this person or then you feel like you lost your voice immediately you know you got sore throat or something else happens to you why where is it all coming from why i mean like is it like sometimes we feel sometimes it's so easy to just go and say something to a person and talk about anything else but not just to say Jesus loves you or, you know, just to tell them about something that really matters, something that's really true. And then you wonder, apparently there is something opposing you. Apparently there is somebody who wants you to give up. And I think that there will be things that will be done to us, and I think that they already happen, that, you know, people will be against you or Things will be said about you or things will be spread about you that are not true 
or you, you know, you will get some loss and you will be like, why did I, why did, it, did, I, did this happen this way? And this is unfair and, and I don't like this and I don't agree with this. I just, I was trying to serve God and do something good and look, I lost 5,000 bucks just because I, you know, just because of this or because that person didn't do their job or something else. And you're all, all angry and mad and, and there will be things like this happening to stop us. There will be things to, there will be things to do, done to damage us, to distract us, to keep us from moving forward. And the only reason, the only, the only reason we can have a chance to even stand up against that and to, to even be able to continue after that, to recover, to get up and move on, is, is if we are humble, low, if we're, if we're down on our knees before God, because then He will be glorifying Himself through us. But we need to stay low and humble. And if we will, then nothing will be able, nothing, I mean, that, that word that says no weapon that, w- that was made against them will be successful, right? That word will become untrue. Because, it's, because God is not going to protect, God is, if we're on the opposite side of God, God is not going to protect His enemy. God is not going to protect somebody who's branded the kingdom of darkness. God, but God is going to protect His own. God is going to protect His own. And so we have to be humble before the Lord. We have to be seeking His glory if we expect to go and do something for Him. And when things happen to us, that we can just get back, right back up and move on and, and do and continue. Because that's, that's, it just seems like that's the life. It, it, you, look at, you look at Jesus, what He's done. Everybody like seemed like the whole world was opposing him, and look at what he, they they did to him. You look at all of at the twelve, at the twelve or eleven that that remain, right? What they did, and then everybody was opposing them. And then you you look at anybody who was who was of the spirit who did something spiritual, and they wanted to either got stoned or they got killed or something happened to them. It, it's not the most beautiful thing. I'm not saying we all get killed. I'm not looking for that. This is. You know, dead people, it's really hard for dead people to preach the gospel. So, but, you know, we don't know. But I'm just saying that there will be things that happen to us that are, that that make us feel dead. And that make make us feel like we were crucified and went through most horrible sacrifice or suffering, even worse than Jesus. And Jesus doesn't even know what we're going through, you know. It's like, you know, somebody hit us and we didn't have insurance or they didn't have insurance or whatever, right? And I would have to cover this out of pocket. It's all of my savings. So there will be things like this. I just, I just noticed. And I noticed that right before you get, like, it just seems like, you know, like, right before you get the best things, you have to go through the worst. It just seems, I don't know, like, it's not true about everything, but, you know, like, you get... Like a tool, you buy a tool to work on a car or at home, and or you buy something else. Like you really, really, really need it, and if you would just have it in your hands, you'd be done in five minutes. But to get it out of the packaging, it takes you like twenty to get it out, and then your all of your hands are scratched and bleeding, and it's like, how did this happen? It's supposed to be so easy, and it 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 seems it's funny, but it's it seems exactly the same way with some things that that are right before us. We're coming close to that. We're about to take it over. And then, you know, this weird packaging gets in our way of finishing something great. And then, and then we give up right there. And the whole job is, it doesn't matter that it's 99.999% done. It, it, it is undone. It's not done. It's incomplete. It's not finished. That's it. So, um, 
Let's, let me get back to this again. Um, so while we're, we're talking a little bit about being successful and, and our lives being more simple because we know God's will and, and, and Him rebuilding us and reviving us, restoring us because, because we're low and humble before the Lord, that's not the goal. That's not the main goal. It's not the goal to, for us to be good. It's not the goal for us to be happy and, 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 you know, and to get back up. It's, again, it's not about us. It's very easy to start thinking that, oh, because we'll go and preach and God is also concerned to make us come right back up and to, you know, to sit, we're all back together exactly like we were before something happened to us. It's, that's not the goal. That's, you know, that's there because it helps us because, you know, if we would be, if we're really damaged or if we're always losing or if we're always missing stuff, then it's, it's hard, it's distracting to serve God. So God will make sure that we're fine and we're good and we're in good shape, good condition to, to serve and to follow him. But that's not the end, that's not the end goal. Our end goal is something else. And let's read in Peter, 1 Peter 4.11. If anyone speaks, they should do so. As, as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. And then 1 Corinthians 10.31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And of course, it, it says... And I just think that it was specifically written for us so that it's not like, so whether you eat or drink, do it for the glory of God. And then we think, oh, everything else. So it says, or whatever you do, right? Do it all for the glory of God. I really believe that's our ultimate purpose is the glory of God. This is, this is. it. you know, sometimes I wonder why God needs all this glory, why it's so much, but... You know, I have different, like, different things that I, I, I can think. But I know that he's king of glory, and, you know, king wants everything, right? So if there is a kingdom, and that king owns everything in the kingdom. So if there, is, if there, there is God's kingdom, and if it's a kingdom of glory, then he'll have all the glory. So there won't be, there won't be ever enough, and all the glory that was found missing, that should belong to that kingdom. Again, that, to that king. So... Another one, Isaiah 43, 5 through 7. And that one, I, it, it, sometimes you read this verse, these th- three verses, and the last one especially kind of makes you feel small and unimportant and, and, and like, an, like an object. And, you, you know, you can feel, oh, like I'm just used and why this life doesn't make sense anymore. But let's read it, starting with verse 5. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather them from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone, and this is the verse I want to focus on, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. So we call ourselves by God's name. We say we're Christians, we're God's, we belong to him, right? And we want everything that comes with that, that comes 
with belonging to God, that being God's. But then look what he says about us. is whom I created for my glory, whom I am formed and made. It seems you can look at it two different ways. You can look at it in a way where God just created us as, as toys and this is it and, you know, whatever, right? It's, he's just using us for his glory and he just, you know, we're we just banners of, of his strength and his might and his great and his glory and that's it and we're not really important. But I don't think that's, that's how God is thinking. Look at what it says in verse 6 right before that. Uh, second part of the verse. It says, bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. If, if God would treat us as an object, as something to just advertise us, he would never call us, a, call us sons and daughters. He would never say, you know, he would, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm sorry I'm referring to my family so much, but it's just alive and that's something that I could, that's very easy for me to relate. My, my, my kids... I wish I would live like my kids. <laughs> you know? Really, they are taken care of, and they have everything they need. They are loved. I mean, I'm loved. I have everything I need. I mean, it's not, that, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm just saying that it's like I love them. I mean, this is, it's crazy how much I love them. I know that it's just, and I understand that this is just a glimpse of just, it's just like an example of how God loves us. And so you, if you say, when I say my daughters and my sons and my daughters, if I would be God and if I would be saying my sons and my daughters, even me being a human, I know what kind of feelings I have. I know what kind of feelings I have. And I understand that I like them to tell good things about me. I just like it. <laughs> what you say, it's good. And you know, what, I, what I was trying to get to is that if God calls us his, his sons and daughters, this would never mean I would never thing to use my children as objects of just, you know, glorifying me or just doing something for me. Never. I mean, if, if I would want that, I would probably never have them because it's just, you know, I, you need to love to give so much. You need to love to, to have them and to, you know, there are moments when they, you just, you just don't feel like it, right? But you're, but, but they're my sons and daughters, no matter what they do, no matter what's going on, I love them. I want to give, I want to do the best for them. And that's why I'm trying to, that's why we're trying to teach them the best that we have. That, that, you know, what's from, you know, godly things. We give them the best. And I know that God, God here is saying, bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. So, I don't know. I like being created for God's glory. I, I, I do like, be, it's, it's rather be created for God's glory or, than being created for God's wrath or something like that. Okay, so being created for God's glory is good enough for me. Uh, so last couple of verses that I want to go through. So it says, I mean, I said that he, he is the king of glory, right? So that, that means something. And, and look how... I mean, again, as I say, I, I don't, I can't explain to you exactly, I, I don't want to get into that. That's probably a whole different subject. Why God wants the glory, just, just know that that's the way it is. And I think we all know God to understand that that's the way it is. But 
Look what, he, what, uh, what it says in 2 Thessalonians 1, 9 through 10. We were reading that before the first part. Uh, they will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His might. Look what verse 10 says. On the day He comes to be glorified in His holy place and to be marveled at among all those who have believed Him. This includes you because you believed our testimony to you. On the day He comes to be glorified in His holy people to be marveled among, to be marveled, marveled at among all those who, believe, who have believed. So there is a day, right, that God will come and says to be glorified in His holy people and to be marveled at among all those who have believed. Again, it's just like when you think about a father, right, or, or somebody who enjoys, like a person who comes to, into a company he enjoys, right? I think that that's how, that's how God is thinking about us. If we are his holy people, I mean, that's definitely given if we live a holy life, if we are following God. But he comes to be glorified in us, to be glorified, you know, in this congregation, in, in, in the church overall, you know, in, to, in the church of this, of, of this world that's, that's here, right? And to be marveled at among all those who have believed. To me, again, this is, I just look at it. There is, to be marveled at, if you come somewhere to be marveled at, again, I come home and my kids, they're saying that I'm the strongest one, and I'm the biggest one, and I can do everything. And, and then the only one who can do what I cannot do is Jesus, right? So this is, this, you know, this draws my heart. I, and, and I think that draws God's heart. But what it, what it speaks of is to be marveled at somebody, there is something so intimate. This is something so close. You're not afraid when you marvel at somebody, you really trust that person. You really love that person. There is something that shows of a relationship that you have. And, and, if, God, and if God is going to come to be marveled at, it, I don't know. It, it, it tells me we are a family. It tells me we're a family. But that was one, what I wanted to focus on is that on the day he comes to be glorified in his holy people. So that day he will come to be glorified. There, it's, it's inevitable, and if you don't like the fact God wanting all the glory, then you better change that. <laughs> That's it. Because <laughs> it's throughout the Bible, and you can't rewrite it. And another one, Psalm 24, 8. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. So That's our God. So... My final thoughts, and then that I want us to get up and pray, is just to kind of to, to to let it remain in us, to kind of take it away. That we were created to to glorify God. We were created for He for His glory, and because He's the King of Glory, I think it's a really high position to be created for His glory. And you, so you're created to make the King happy. And you do that by glorifying him. Awesome. I love that. I, I, I love it. And, and he will require all of the glory 
that means that there will be none, none of our glory. So that means there is no room for us, really. If there is no glory, so if there is no reputation or there is no knowledge of a person, then that person pretty much doesn't exist. Because if there is nothing you can say about that person, you know, to like even good or bad, that person is hardly existent. I mean, that's just a vessel. It just, that's what it looks like. And, and when you look at godly people, I like it that you can see a lot of God and, and very little of them, if, if not none of them. Because, again, talking about New York, you go, you go and, you know, like you look at Bill Wilson. Yes, he's funny. Yes, he, you know, you, you feel God. And, and, but, you know what, for some reason, it seems like it's a very, very thin layer. He's a very, very, very thin layer. Or, you know, he's just, he's somebody who receives from God and passes it on. There is, there is no interest rate on that. There is no, you know, he doesn't add any taste or color or any twist to that. He doesn't need to because if, if you just take from God and you give it up, you just, just let it go right away. You, let, you pass it up. There's not much you need to add. I mean, I, I, like even preparing for the sermon, I, I was like, it, it, really, it, like all of my notes, are, a lot of my notes are just verses from the Bible. And I was like, man, this is so easy. This is so much easier than trying to create notes and, and explanation and theories and, and everything else. You, God has provided his word, his word. If you go by his word, it's it's so much easier to to just go go off of that than off of our own. And I don't know. I I just I want to I want to move forward. And and by that I think it's by that I think it's just glorifying God. It's it's becoming smaller and smaller. And again, to step back, and I want to say that it's it doesn't mean that if we buy something for ourselves and and enjoy it, it I, it's not. I'm not saying that that's a sin. I'm, I, I know that God loves us. He wants to give us. He wants to make us happy too. But, but that's secondary. All of that is secondary. And, and even bigger things like our health and all of that and how we feel, that's secondary. Because I don't think we were ever, I, I don't know, but sometimes it feels like, like I need to give up to even to feel to go and do something for God. It feels like you never feel like going and serving. They never feel like going and doing something. It just feels like you feel like not doing it, but then when you start doing it, you know, it's hard to get you off of that. You just want to keep going and going and going. But I don't know. If you if you are really looking to this, just strip off everything from your life that's, 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 that's in a way of God, that's in the way of giving glory to God, that's that's holding you back, or maybe it's maybe it's not letting God move through you, or 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 Holy Spirit to to flow through you. I I mean, you can come up front when we start praying, and 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 not because there's something here. I don't think there's anything different here than than, than three rows down. Or I mean, it's 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 how it's what we make. It's it's how how wide open we. Our hearts are for God. It, that's what makes it. And and just coming up, come up to say, God, if you need to to repent before God for taking glory, then come out and do that. If if you need to, if you just say, God, I don't understand this. I want to understand it. I just want to humble myself and and and, and sub- submit to Your Word and do that. Then, then do that. I mean, just you know what what God wants you to do. You know 
why he wants you to come out, or maybe he want, maybe if you stay there, he know you know what he wants you to pray for. He knows, you know the conversation he wants to have with you. I'm I'm pretty sure. I I I talk to a lot of you guys, and I know that you know. And the only thing left is just doing it. So let's get up and let's start praying. Let's start inviting God. And if you feel like if you if you think that you need to come up here and start praying here, then please do.